We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Text us on 086 353 7782. Kilkenny Today on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Hello and welcome to Kilkenny Today. This is Samantha Rawson sitting in the chair today. Today is a dry day, but I believe tomorrow will be a wet day. So appreciate it while you have it. So just to give you uh, a story on the front of today's Kilkenny people, uh, they report that nearly three out of four local business people want to see the one-way system on High Street retained. And that is according to a survey that was carried out by the Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. It says over 190 respondents, mostly chamber members, completed the survey carried out several weeks after the system came into effect. And their answers show that 66% of traders think that the new measures introduced provide greater safety and encourage greater compliance with social distancing, while over 72% feel the system should be retained. Uh, so our guests coming up on today's programme are Pork McGrath and he is from the Young Care Development Manager at Family Cares Ireland and we'll be talking to Pork in just a little bit. And later on we'll be talking to Dennis Hines who you know from the Labour Party and who is also a SIP2 representative and Dennis will be talking to us about the pressure, the increased pressure on the staff of St Luke's and as you know there are two uh, staff members who are reported COVID positive in St Luke's and if we if we face a second wave uh, I suppose all healthcare staff and frontline workers are under increased pressure and Dennis will be talking to us about the I suppose their near fatigue is what Dennis is talking about uh, about the staff up in St Luke's so we'll be talking to Dennis about that in a little while and also if you'd like to get in touch with us you can do so on 056 776277 or you can text me directly into studio here on 086-353-7782. And as you know, Phil Hogan is still in the news. Uh, I don't think uh, Ursula van der Leyen has made her decision yet, so uh, Micheál Martin is refusing to uh, talk to the journalists about it and is refusing to add any further comment. I suppose he wants it to go away. So if you'd like to let me know what your opinion is on Big Phil, should he stay or should he go? I'd be very happy to know. So if you want to get in touch with me, please do so. But for the moment, we are talking to Porik McGrath and Porik is a Young Care Development Manager at Family Carers Ireland. Hi, Porik. Good afternoon, Samantha. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? I'm not too bad at all. Okay, so so can you tell me a little bit, Porik, about your role and, and who are the Young Care Development and who who are they and what do they do? Okay, yeah, well, uh, my role is to support um, Ireland's young carers. So there are about 57,000 uh, young carers across the country, uh, that's about, and about 1,400 uh, in Kilkenny County alone. Um, and uh, so it's the organisation I work upon, Cares Ireland, uh, we offer a range of uh, support and services to young carers, including information, advocacy, advice, uh, practical home support, counselling, we have a network of young carer groups around the country and we also organise um, events and activity then for, for young carers as well. Um, so I suppose young, young carer then is, is, is any young person um, that looks after a family member um, with an illness, disability, mental health issue or addiction 
um, and it's usually a, a parent or a sibling, but it can also be a, a grandparent or other relative uh, in need of care and support. And, and you say, uh, Pork, that there are 54,000 young carers. Yeah, about 57,000 young carers across, across the country, yeah, about 12% of, of, of young people. And and how, um, obviously th- there's a huge age range, but if they are school-going um, children, h- how does that affect their schoolwork? I mean, obviously we're talking about returning to school today, but, but yeah. you know, under ordinary circumstances, that must be an incredibly challenging life, and now it's it's going to be even more challenging. So how do, how do they fit in schoolwork as well as being a, a carer at home? Yeah, I can imagine it's it, 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 uh, there's a lot of um, absence from school because of the responsibilities at home, they're attending appointments and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, the responsibility then often quotes in their time available for homework and study. They often um, have poor academic results and they don't often get to participate in um, extracurricular activities. Um, and many of them actually leave school early and don't make transition into um, third level from, from, from secondary school. Um, and obviously that then has, has a knock-on effect then in terms of their, their, their life chances. Yeah. So it's, it's a huge one. I know at the, at the moment with, with COVID and everything, it's a serious worry. I've been talking to young carers who haven't left their homes since March because they're caring for a loved one um, that um, are high-risk category. Um, so they're very concerned, obviously, about going back to school now um, under their current circumstances and, and worrying they can bring back COVID home and, and, and cause even more illness in the home. And do they do they get any recognition, Porik, from the HSE or from, you know, maybe a, a, a local health nurse that might be calling in for, for other issues? Or are, are they recognised in any way? I suppose, look, they, they, there's not a whole lot. Working with young carers would be a new thing. Some of the youth services around the country uh, um, provide young carer groups. But in terms of um, support available through, through public health nurses and through um, the HSE, it's not so much available to young carers. Um, our organisation is there um, to, to support them and um, we'll obviously put them in touch with any relevant service that, that, that can support. In some uh, instances, TUSLA might have to get involved if there's, um, obviously, if the, the level of care is, is inappropriate. Um, but for the most part, um, they're, they're in it alone um, them and their families. Um, and and how do they? So if somebody was at home, maybe listening to this, or or maybe they know of a young carer, how how would somebody might get in touch with you for support? Yeah, well, they can get in touch with us uh, online through our website on familycarers.ie. Uh, they can contact our free phone care line on eighteen hundred twenty four zero seven twenty four, um, or they can um, get in touch by uh, to our email, which is youngcarers at familycarers.ie. Um, and we take referrals from young carers, we get referrals from, from family members and we get referrals from nurses and people in the community as well. So if anyone is um, a young carer and mm. listening, they can get in touch and we have it can be a range of, of support and services available. We also have a, a free young carer card uh, for young carers between the ages of 10 and 24, which gives them um, access to a variety of deals and discounts. Okay. Um, so we definitely encourage young carers to take off on that instead of completely free of charge. Okay. And, and you know, Pork, you were saying a minute ago that, that obviously because of their personal circumstances, they might be out of school and an awful lot of absences. So yes. how, 
how do you support them or, or do they have support to, to maybe put a CV together? Because even though they mightn't have qualifications or a leaving cert or any kind of academic qualifications, they must have incredible life skills that, that aren't written on paper. Yeah, absolutely. The majority of young carers that I, that I encounter are far more mature than, than their peers and the skills that they've learned from, from, from caring, um, obviously they're, they're, they can cross over into, into career um, so absolutely, we, we run school programs, so we, we're, we're in schools um, all the time delivering uh, workshops for young carers and we're helping them with, with things like that, with their CVs, with their interview skills and that kind of thing. Um, we're also trying to encourage um, young carers into third level. We've been working with um, a couple of the issues of technology um, recently about um, courses um, specifically targeted at, at young carers and other young people who don't um, generally makes transition from second level to third level. So mm. trying to g- give them as many opportunities as, as we can, given the fact that there are less opportunities available to them um, ordinarily. Um, yeah. So, that, so yeah, it's, 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 it is tough, but there are there are opportunities out there, absolutely. Okay, and and you know, I mean, they would have so many life skills, and you know, b- being responsible that I suppose aren't identified. So. You know, all, all I can kind of think of is maybe sitting down with a, a young carer and, and going through, the, I suppose, their their duties every day that they have to do and maybe recognising them as some kind of qualification or life skill, like having to get up and, you know, like us all, drag yourself out of bed sometimes when you don't have to because you've got somebody depending on you getting out of bed. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah. And like I said, these skills, skills are transferable. Um, and the, like it isn't all it isn't all negative. Like mm. a lot of the, the, the experience of young carers is generally very positive. Um, and a lot of young carers that, that that I meet want to go into kind of caring professions. So um, I've been working with a, a young carer for the last couple of years now, and she's gone on to study medicine. Right, um, right. And there's there are others going into nursing, into social care. Yeah. to have after after? I imagine that you know after after all those years of, of caring at home to try and run a mile from absolutely um, yeah they'd be sick of it careers. Yeah. but no they, they, seem to, they seem to have a, 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 a thing for it they seem to just I suppose they're, they're used to it, what they know what they understand a lot of them kind of have seen the, the faults in our in our health system and whatever else and want to try and make a difference right um, so, so you can see that um, and uh, like the majority of young carers that I work I'd say go into those kind of caring uh, professions Okay, and, and I suppose they would have very high levels of emotional intelligence, wouldn't they? Absolutely, they yeah. would. Yeah, yeah. I, and do, do you know, like I, like I said already, do you know, they, they, just the skills they have, it, 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 it's incredible. For it, you know, you're talking to a 15 year old girl, and you can be hitting across from somebody in your 20s who wouldn't be mature or, or have the same skill set. Yeah, yeah. And, and is there any kind of you know, I you know, I know you're you're being positive and I'm probably being a little bit bleak, but is there any respite for them? Like do they get to go off on a on a on a week's holiday and, and let their hair down and be fifteen or be whatever age appropriate? Um yeah, you know, and, and kinda it, indulge in their own behaviour that, that should be appropriate to their age? Do you know it, it, like I said, for the majority of young carers it is it is it's a positive rewarding experience. But there are a, a number of young carers. Um, who are very negatively impacted by the caring role. Yeah. And they don't have those experiences, those, those normal childhood experiences. And we do organise uh, uh, an annual uh, respite weekend um, that we try and take young carers from all across the country away for, for a couple of days. But it's only a couple of days. 
um, unless there are services going into the home, they don't get a respite, they don't get a break away from, from the caring role. Right, yeah, that it seems to be a huge, huge gap in our in our social system, doesn't it? I mean, I know you know adult carers are, I suppose they they might get an allowance, but there's a huge, I suppose there's a demand building up now that carers should be recognised by the state because they do such an invaluable job, but also because they save the state so much money. Absolutely, they save the state billions every year, and and and, and young carers too save save the state hundreds of, of millions. Um, and oftentimes, when when uh, a parent is being discharged from from hospital, they, they'll, they'll consider the young carer as um, as a person going into the delivering service in the home. Right. So you know, so oftentimes there might be reduced um, um, hours going into that home because there's already somebody there providing care. Oh God! Right. Okay. Yeah. So they're so they're exploited in a way. Yeah. Maybe exploitation way, yeah. is too big a word, but. Yeah, no. In a way, they're, 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 they're taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, yeah. We know that there's, we, we know that there are, are, are um, there's a serious um, gap in, in funding for for um, home care and across the country, um, and well, so young carers are being taken advantage um, of, especially if, they're, if, they're care, if the person they're caring for is under sixty five. It's so hard to get um, any kind of um, home care for somebody who's under sixty five. Um, and for the majority of young carers, that's, they're, they're caring for parents or siblings, but so they are under 65, and therefore right. the, the, the services are, 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 are bleak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't sound too good. Um, we are just coming up to an ad break. Porik, would you be able to stay on the line, and I'll talk to you a little bit after the ads. Of course. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, we'll be back, and we'll chat a little bit more with Porik after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, eighty-eight point seven FM. And you are listening to Kilkenny Today with myself, Samantha Rawson. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on 056-776-277 or you can text me directly into studio here on 086-353-882. And on the line, I'm t- talking to Porg McGrath and Porg is Young Care Development Manager at Family Carers Ireland. So Porg, um, we were talking there a little bit uh, before the break about the incredible work that young carers do. And you were saying that an awful lot of the young people will go on to uh, pursue careers in medicine or nursing or or otherwise. And we were also talking about, um, you know, respite care for the for the children themselves or young teenagers that they might go off for a week and, and let their hair down. Um, so I suppose you're, we're talking to you as well because we're looking for funding. And to me, it just sounds like it's really important that the, these kids get a break. Um, yeah. So, so how would people, if they're listening to this and they wanted to, to send you some money or help you fundraise, or, or I presume there's other ways of helping apart from money, is there? There is, yeah. Well, in terms of, in terms of fundraising, on a website, uh, familycares.ie, there's a, a donate function there. People can can donate. All donations are welcome, and and uh, money that comes in for for young carers goes towards things like actually providing in-home respite to give young carers a break from the caring role. It goes into supporting the young carer groups around the country, around the country to put on activities and stuff for young carers, um, and it goes into then some some of the young carers then um, might need a little bit of extra help with college costs and things like that, and we can sometimes help out with those kind of things as well. So, um, and then in terms of in terms of other support, we have we have young carer groups. If people are interested in getting involved and volunteering with a group, we're all looking for for, for volunteers. Um, or indeed, we have a, a, a peer support um, project where people who are young carers themselves or former young carers 
um, can can match with a, a, a young pair um, and kind of help them through um, the, the, the situation that they're in, what's in their own, their own experience. And um, uh, if anyone's interested in that as well. Okay, so when you say young carer groups, is that like a support group where, uh, you know, a few carers might sit around and talk about their own experiences? It, yeah, it's a little bit like that. So we do, we, there's, there's a little bit of that within the, within the groups, but for the most part, it's a bit of a scape. Right. Um, so they, they come together, they're, they're meeting other young people who have who are in similar situations themselves, but they're taking part in, in fun activities. Okay. And, you know, it's just it's just getting out of, of, of the situation at home. Yeah. And um, having a bit of fun. Um, they go on outings and stuff around the country. Um, and it's the it's three young care groups that we organise the um, annual uh, young care respite weekend. Okay. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're absolutely invaluable to to, to the young carers that are involved in them. But we again, we're, we we haven't got as many of those groups as we would like. Okay. Um, and in fact, in in, in Kilkenny, we, we we had been looking at, at setting up a group there for um, the COVID situation hit, um, and we we're, we're looking back into that now once kind of things get back to, to some semblance of normality. Right. Um, but I think they're they're, they're absolutely vital for for these young people. Okay, and so you have a national helpline. Do you have a Facebook page, Park? We do indeed, yeah. So we have a Young Carers Ireland Facebook page and we have a Family Carers Ireland Facebook page. So the Young Carers Ireland Facebook page is up, it's updated regularly with all the uh, things going on with our project and um, there's information and advice for young carers through the uh, Facebook page as well. Yeah. And and you know you you said at the the top of the interview that that you you know that you reckon there are what fifty seven thousand young carers in Ireland. How do you yes. how do you keep track of how many and and what about those that that don't even probably recognise themselves as young carers? It was vast majority of those fifty seven thousand young carers don't recognise themselves as being young carers. Okay. Um, the the census figures actually are, are much much lower than that. About fifteen thousand. Young according to the um, Right, um, and do you know what what question? It's just sorry, it's a, a bit of a, a curveball. But do you know what question the census asks that it records such a low number? Yeah, well, it's 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 question only one census. It's it's it's, it's, it's it is the way it's worded. Yeah, now. the the it's asking are you a carer essentially? And for a lot for, for young carers, they don't recognise that as obviously being themselves. A lot of adult carers don't recognise themselves as being carers. So obviously, young carers. Uh, don't either, right? Um, but what we're getting is NUIG carried out a, a, um, a study a couple of years ago, and they asked a question about caring responsibilities as opposed to um, whether they're a carer or not. Yeah, and that's how we, that's how we came to, to that figure. It was, it was um, eleven thousand young people surveyed in, 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 in that study, right? And twelve percent of them identified as being young carers. That's in, that's very interesting, though, isn't it? Because you, you'd almost suspect that that it's deliberately worded by the census. Wouldn't yeah, you? and we 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 we've lobbied to um, to see big uh, talk about that, and we've asked them to, to change the question. Yeah. Um. So and we've been told that it, that the, the last number of census have been unchanged because they're doing they're doing comparative work between the the different um, census figures. Mm. Um, but we'd hope that um, you know the next census that we would change the question and 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 I suppose make it in a way that that people understand what are being asked. Yeah. Yeah. Because I suppose when you're asked a question like that, I, I think you might think, you know, are you receiving payment for it or something? You might think, well, well, yeah, yeah. 
absolutely. That. But, but first of all, yeah, that's true. But then also it's fulfilled by the parent. And sometimes the parent won't want to identify their child as being a young parent. You yeah. Know? Okay. Um, like, there might be a fear of, of social work intervention. There might be a, mm. a kind of a feeling that they're, they're, they're letting their child down, the fact that they have all these extra responsibilities. The parents are reluctant to identify their children as, as young carers. Yeah. Um, to, to see it as a, as a negative thing. But like, as I've been saying, because there's, a, there's a lot of um, uh, positivity there too, like the skills and the, mm. um, the um, experience that young people have who are young carers is, is incredible too. Okay. And have you ever met a situation, Porik, where a young carer maybe is at burnout and, and, and you know, wants to get the hell out of the situation? Yeah, we, we, I've certainly come across that, yeah. Um, and, and we would support the young person as, as best we can in that situation. We try and we, we do emergency planning with, with, with young carers and we do um, um, care planning as well. So we can we can try and bring in other family members or we can um, try and get some, some respite hours going in there mm. to try and, and reduce the burden of care on the young person. Uh, and where we can do that then, obviously, the... the um, it, it has a very positive impact, but in some situations that's just not possible. There is no one else to yeah. um, to step in and, and, and help out, um, and obviously that can be detrimental to the um, mental health and the situation of, of those young carers. Right. Okay. Yeah. It it just seems the more I talk to you that they seem an invisible, an invisible um, group of people. Yeah. Very much. We often call them Ireland's hidden army. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, because whatever about adult carers and not being recognised and being paid a pittance by the state and, as you say, reduced carer hours. But when you when you then think about young people, it's 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 a total hidden, you know, it's almost an undercurrent. Yeah, absolutely. And we, the work we, we do in schools, um, I go into classrooms and, you know, talking to teachers and teachers would say, oh, we don't have any young carers in, in, in the class. But we we do a, a with a, an assessment form that we ask all students to complete, mm-hmm. and every single classroom I've been into, we've identified young carers. Yeah, uh, and an average was about two young carers in a, in a classroom, every classroom. Wow, wow, it's kind of it's yeah, it's a bit it's a bit worrying, isn't it? Um, it and, is. And and, and Pori, could I ask you how you get got involved with the organisation? What what brought you to this? Um, well. I'm involved with the organisation now uh, over seven years um, and I suppose I've always worked with, with children and young people and um, my, my background is in, in youth work um, but this seemed like a, a very exciting project um, like before I started there has been a greenfield site there's been no work done with young carers in, in the country or very little um, so I suppose I just saw it as, as, a, as a, um, a group that were very much in need of um, some support and um, yeah, so I, I, that's, that's why I got involved. Okay, and and how long is the how long is the group going? How, how long has it been in existence? The Young Cares project has been uh, going for the past for the past eight years. Right. Okay. So still relatively young. Still, still. It is. It is. it is. absolutely. Yeah. And, and for like for, for a lot of that has been. In the early days, especially, I've been like you know, lobbying and, and, and advocacy and that kind of work. It's only in, in more recent years that we started doing direct work with young carers and um, so our, our network of young care groups did that the, the youth services around the country working with the youth services to um, set up groups and support for young carers as well. Um, but there's a serious lack of funding towards um, young carers' initiatives. 
um, because they're not they're not recognised by any department. So, so they're kind of falling between the cracks. Um, uh, the Department of Health, Department of um, Education, and Department of Children. Right. Uh, none, none of them have taken lead responsibility for young carers. So really? No. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. so nobody takes responsibility out of three ministries. Nobody's going exactly. to exactly. Yeah, that's because they're going to pass the book to the, to the other department. Department of, for, the, for the past number of years, the Department of Children and Youth Affairs have been passing it to the Department of Health. There were there was a, a national carer strategy. Um, that that came to an end a couple of years ago, and young carers were were mentioned uh, new, uh, numerous times in, in that strategy, mm-hmm. and that was, that came under the Department of Health. Um, so it was that that Department of Children and Youth Affairs then felt that because the Department of Health are dealing with um, the, the national carer strategy, where young carers are, are being looked after, it must be their responsibility. But since that, you know, there's been absolutely zero responsibility taken by any department for young carers. Wow. So so who's the new Minister for Children? Roderick O'Connor, is it? That's right, Roderick O'Gorman, that's right. Roderick O'Gorman. And and, and her, her, his predecessor, Miss um, Safone, she wasn't supportive? Well, I won't say she wasn't supportive. I, I, we, we met with, with, with Minister Safone. She, she commended the work we were doing in terms of, of funding. The Department of Children and Youth Affairs has, has gone through um, a huge change in how they administer their um, youth funding. Mm. Um, and I suppose, we, 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 as an organisation, we don't meet the criteria to be funded through the Department of Children and Youth Affairs. We're not a youth service. Right. Um, so, um, in that regard, we, we, we sent in proposals around different ideas around how young carers could be supported um, and... Uh, Never materialised anything. Right. Um, so yeah. So and in the national youth strategy, there was uh, there were two actions. The national youth strategy came to an end this year, and um, there were two actions in the youth strategy about young carers. One was about setting up a, um, a cross departmental working group on um, young carers, and that never materialised either. Which is which is probably the, the uh, I would say is one of the biggest setbacks in um, in terms of politics and, and young carers. Yeah. Okay, so um, so, sorry, Pork, we're running out of time here a little bit. So, so just before, I mean, I'll get you on again because it's a it's a fascinating subject. Um, Just before I let you go, you were saying that um, you were trying to organise a group for Kilkenny. What were you saying to me about Kilkenny and to to maybe call out the the number if people want to get in touch or help in any way? Yeah, they they can get in touch with us through the Caroline eighteen hundred two four zero seven two four. Um, or they can email youngcarers at familycarers.ie. So we are trying to get a, 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 a we'll try and get a group set up in Kilkenny again um, after um, COVID hopefully has has left a grip in our lives. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, that's what would be fantastic to get um, people involved and volunteers and whatever else involved there. Um, and just to say as well, before I go, the um, Care Year Awards are, are, are now open for nomination, including um, Young Care of the Year. So again, if there are any young carers listening or if anybody knows any young carers, um, they can nominate um, for an award through our website, familycarers.ie. Mm. Okay, great. And and just to say to you, I did see a notice um, in the Kilkenny People today about uh, funding uh, being distributed through the HSC, funding from the National Lottery about non-profit organisations and, and, you know, lo- looking for people to, to maybe apply for, for free... Um, Grants, I suppose. So maybe that yeah, that um, might be worth looking into. I know it is. I mean, in terms, we that that's I suppose how we we are funded. We do we do uh, take um, 
advantage of any of those type of mm. grants that are going. We've, we've, we've run a really successful online project uh, for the past few months, which was funded through Pubble, and um, we organise um, hotel respite breaks for, for young carers and their families every year through national lottery funding. So we do take advantage of Great. those uh, funding streams when they become available. Great. Okay, well, thanks for talking to us today, Pork, and um, best of luck, and we will put that on our community news and our Facebook page, and we will talk to you uh, again in the near future. Thank you very much, Sandra. Okay. Thanks, Pork. Take talk care. Talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Pork uh, McGrath there from the Young Care Development Manager at Family Cares Ireland. And you heard him say there about the Young Care of the Year awards are coming up shortly. So if you'd like to get in touch with them, if you know of any young carer out there who deserves recognition and a bit of a pat on the back, uh, you could certainly uh, nominate them for that award. We'll be back after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You are listening to Kilkenny Today with myself, Samantha Rawson. And on the line, I have Dennis Hines from the Labour Party and also is the SIP2 representative. Hi, Dennis. Samantha, good evening. And your listeners, how are you keeping? Not too bad, thanks. Now, you are uh, very concerned about the staff in St. Luke's Hospital, um, who you say are at near burnout or are at risk of suffering huge fatigue if we, if well, I suppose already fatigue, but especially if we face another another wave of COVID and I noticed on the way in today that there were at least five cars down at the testing station um, so obviously there is an increase in COVID and there certainly, there certainly is an increase in the COVID and there's certainly an increase in the, the amount of tests that are taking place across Kilkenny at the moment and um, I understand that they're talking about opening a second line even for the testing Oh really? Um, Where did yeah, you hear that Dennis? Well, I, sp- I spoke to the uh, coordinator for the southeast, and okay. uh, that's being looked into at the moment. Um, so it certainly is a, a concern for us all. Um, but uh, not only in St. Luke's is it a problem; it's a problem right across the health service, um, from home health carers, um, health care assistants, and uh, from nursing homes. And mm. you know, it's it, it's a problem that that's facing us all. Uh, it's certainly a difficulty in St. Luke's at the minute because we have the superbug. Um, we have obviously the coronavirus, yeah, um, and uh, and the measures that had to be adopted to protect uh, the patients and the public. Yeah, they, um, I know they asked for the the public not to visit, didn't they? Not to make any. They certainly have. They certainly have, yeah. and uh, and uh, in addition to that, now we're now entering into the flu season, and um, that's going to be another worry. No, I'm not. I'm not suggesting for one minute people should, if they need the hospital, they should use the hospital. I mean, staff have worked are working tirelessly to make sure mm. um, that every measure has been taken to, to provide safety for the public and all, you know. But but at the same time, it is a concern. I mean, just, um, two, two of the staff uh, have been diagnosed with the coronavirus recently and uh, there was a number of them that were waiting on results still for to uh, know how they got is on. It, is hope. it only two to date, Dennis, or, or were there a couple of I staff know, no, at the beginning of it? No, it's a lot more than two yeah. today. So it's going yeah. to be a lot more than two. I wouldn't have the exact figure, but yeah. I mean, it's fair to say that right across the health service, um, we're running at almost thirty-one percent uh, of those that um, we're almost we're just over eight and a half thousand um, healthcare workers across the country have mm. had um, um, the coronavirus and uh, have, unfortunately, uh, nearly all come out the other side of it. Um, and I know that um, it was tough in Kilkenny. We lost two. So, um, two members and two loyal staff mm. members that were in the HSE to the virus. Um, right. 
and I suppose look at this stage it's, it's a concern it's a concern because yes you said it earlier on I mean how long can you keep it going how long can you keep the pressure on and uh, the level of fatigue that the um uh, that that's our greatest concern. Mm. Um, it's a great it's a great concern, and I'm and, and I have no doubt it's a concern that management would 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 share as well, um, because um, you're constantly. I mean, traditionally we would have been under pressure in the hospital. Anyway, um, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. With, with with the wards and uh, shortage of beds and so on and so forth, and mm. and to be brutally honest, how money was squandered in building offices as opposed to to wards. But that's not for today. Right. Um, but but uh, at the same time. We're now in. We now find ourselves in a position that uh, staff are are now looking at it totally. It's now a different scenario. Mm. Uh, you're going into work with an element of fear and concern. Um, and you know, I have to take my hat off to them and say that they're absolutely tremendous. I mean, to go in and I mean, I I, I would have said this. I mean, I I I'd have a concern. I go in and I talk to staff and so on and so forth. But you're always anxious. You're always extremely anxious. Um, um, you know, because you're worried about the coronavirus and that, and and every morning, every single morning, healthcare workers right across Kilkenny are getting out of their bed or even going in the night time, getting out, leaving their homes, leaving their families, their loved ones, going into work, not knowing what's facing them, and and you know, it, they're real heroes. Mm. I know we we use the term and it can be used loosely, but I see it firsthand. They're real, real heroes, and. Um, I have to applaud the tremendous work they're doing and they're taking us through a very, very difficult time, I have to say, in the middle of a pandemic here now at the moment that we're in. And do you get any sense of, of anger from the, from the healthcare workers, Dennis, about, I suppose, a certain level of complacency that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, whether it be pubs up in Dublin or golf outings up in, up in Galway? Well, I mean, look at, you know yourself, uh, unfortunately, even in Kilkenny, um, we, we still have some house parties and there's still mm. this certain, you know, that we haven't always met with the um, social distancing like we should have. Um, and, and to be honest, that's people who are really not thinking and, um, and, and, and just are, you see, what's happened here is that when this really rose its head in Ireland in March, mm. uh, the end of February, uh, beginning of March, and we started getting into lockdown then come the middle of March. And I suppose people, if you remember, I would have said to you that time on your show about the schools closing. Yeah, yeah. And I think your words think to me was, is that really going to happen? Yeah, yeah, we um, spoke just before, didn't we? we yeah, did, we did. And uh, and I think that what, I think what we became a bit complacent. Uh, we became a bit complacent, I think, over the last number of months. And people are kind of um, a bit more relaxed. However, I have to say... Uh, when you go in shopping into Kilkenny and you go into McDonald's Junction or you go down the street, wherever it is, I mean, the amount of people, everyone is wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, you see them sanitising their hands and all, and trolleys and that. You know, that they're, that like, you know, the vast majority of the public are still concerned, are still anxious about it, and are taking it very, very serious. And, and for that reason, it's not spreading. Right. Uh, um, like, 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 um, like what land is not. Yeah, uh, but I suppose it's anxious time, and I and and I say this because it's a concern as well in the tourism industry. As you know, Kilkenny is is a, a popular tourist area, mm. and it's great, and it's great to see the revenue that it brings in. But unfortunately, you know, when you hear of people coming from America um, and other parts of the world, and they arrive in Belfast and they're a courier down to Kilkenny, 
and they go around Kilkenny and in and out of coffee shops, in and out of the castle, in and out of museums and so on and so forth. Mm. You know, it's it, it's putting, it, you know, it's, it, we're, we talk about Phil Hogan and and, uh, and so on, but here's people coming into the country, not being tested, not in isolation for 14 days, and they're mixing with the general public and they're mixing in, in, in with, with, with staff in the hospitality sector and tourism. Okay. And it's a real, real concern. Well, now, Dennis, concern. you mentioned Big Phil, so let's just talk a little bit about No, I was afraid you are going to say that now. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to think that I'm going to let that pass by now, Dennis. Come on. So, you know, Phil Hogan is uh, a Kilkenny man. He came back from Brussels, he came down to Kilkenny, he went to Kildare, drove through Kildare, went to Galway. So he has been accused of breaking several um, restrictions and, and several protocols. I mean, even if they aren't legal, you know, protocol and decency would, you know, expect you to adhere to them. Um, so has he let down the people of Kilkenny, never mind let down himself, Ireland and Brussels? And not to mention that he had the mobile phone up to his ear. Yeah, oh yeah, we forgot that one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, look, I I haven't been talking to Phil Hogan, I'd say, in six or seven years. Right. Um, and um, in the past, I would have spoken to him a couple of times over uh, regarding trade union activity and whatever was happening. Um, he was always approachable. Mm. Uh, um, I, You see, I look at this, in a, in a different way. I look at it on the basis of that um, he, there's an element of populism goes on here too. Mm. Like when the Minister for Housing comes out and, and starts shouting and roaring and saying that he has to step down and so on. And you say to yourself, if this what, didn't appear in the examiner, would he have shouted at all? Right, um, right. And then there's the other side of it. The other side of it being that uh, um, what if he did step down? Yeah. You see, you see. Do you, well, do you, th- do you well, think, do you think Fianna Fáil are out for blood? Do you think because he's Fianna Gael, that's why they're, they're being so... Well, I, I, well, you see, the thing about it is that um, they are in coalition, they are in government mm. together at the moment with the mm. Green Party. Um, and they're like-minded at the moment in the way they think. Um, but, but what I would say to you is that, uh, um, you know, they're not, they're not, they're putting it back they're putting it back on the EU Commission to make that decision. Mm. And and you see, my view on it is that in Carroll Kilkenny, right across both our constituency here in Carroll Kilkenny, um, and right in North Kilkenny where I'm operating, my concern is this, that, that um, what Phil Hogan done was absolutely wrong. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't defend it. It's indefensible. And, and he's not above the law. No more than I am or you are, Samantha, or your listeners. And what he done was completely wrong. However, having said that, I'm sure within the remit of the Commission and with fine, within Fine Gael, there's a mechanism of sanctioning someone if if um, they done wrong. For example, when the Minister for Agriculture uh, admitted he was wrong, he stepped back as Minister mm. for Agriculture, but he didn't lose his job. He's still a TD. I, I um, know, but but talking, talking about that and that kind of one rule for, you know, the, the politicians and other rules for the citizens, it has been reported in the Kilkenny People today that uh, a person was arrested for breaking the, the restrictions in, in lockdown when, it, when we were really locked down in March and that he broke the restrictions. He was stopped by Gardaí. He was arrested and it was reported today that it, the judge found him guilty and sentenced him to a short term of imprisonment. So, so why is it one rule for the citizen and another rule for the politician? Well, that's that's something that will have to be taken up with the DPP. I mean, I I genuinely don't know the answer to that. Um, and again, as I said to you, that it shouldn't be a case of that. Now, unless he's saying 
that he has, I, I believe he's saying he has a house above in Kildare, mm. uh, and there's people paid a lot more more than I am in salary, let's say, in, in the council, that would be able to defend Phil Hogan. I'm not trying to defend Phil Hogan or his actions or what he's done. Right. But I do say, I do say this, that if, if Phil Hogan was removed from the commission, um, the next person that takes over could well be from France or uh, or Eastern Eastern Europe or anywhere at all. Right. I mean, will that person, for example, be familiar with my little village of Gores Bridge or Gorn or Paulstone yeah. or Freshford or Ballyragget? Because um, the likelihood is they won't. They won't ever have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for that reason, I'd always err on the side, side of caution and be saying that, look, at yes, absolutely wrong. Uh, and like the Minister for Agriculture, there must be some type of sanction there mm. um, uh, uh, that, that can be imposed. But, uh, but and as you rightly know, in my nature of work, I never try, I always try and give people, you know, under natural justice the right to defend themselves and give them an opportunity. Um, haven't been usually impressed with how Phil has come about, about it so far. Mm. But look, at the end of the day, I wouldn't like to see him losing his position. Uh, I think I think that we'd be worse off for it. Yeah, because I, because I, I was looking at him last night on the news and I thought, okay, you might accuse him of a level of arrogance, but then he's he's got a very thick neck. And you kind of look at him and go, that's exactly the type of person we need when we're negotiating with the British coming to, to Brexit. Yeah, well, we're at a sensitive stage in talking about Brexit now. Mm. And that hasn't gone away. And and those talks are commencing now again. Uh, and that's at an extremely, as I say, sensitive stage. And and you see, my concern with all this is that, um, you see, you will get a politician who will come on your radio show now and say why he has to go. Yeah. Right? But then you see a week later, you get the same politician saying someone else has to go. Mm. You know, so mm. it's if, if we were to go down the road of everyone has to go, you'd have no one running the country at all. Okay, and, and so, I, so I suppose you, or Europe for that matter. Yeah. So who, like for example, so many people have made mistakes. I mean, we've see, I've seen people who went to funerals in the north that shouldn't have been there. I've seen people from the north that come down Indeed. to Dublin to funerals yeah. that, that, that broke rules. Rules have been broken in a lot of places. And, and yes, there should be sanctions, and yes, things should happen. But asking for people to lose their job, and particularly given the nature of wherever we are, we find ourselves in a very vulnerable position at the minute. You know, we're dealing with a pandemic. Mm. We're spending at the minute roughly about one euro sixty for every euro we're taking in. Yeah. Um, we're, we're presently almost at bankruptcy. And, 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 and now we find that uh, we're dealing with Brexit. And the local man, who, who, who we hope will help and assist, along with the executive, obviously he's well supported by the executive in Europe, mm. um, we're hoping that he'll be able to keep remembering um, the work that has to be done across Carlo Kilkenny and, and his involvement today in the agricultural side of things that he's done a lot of work in. Mm. And and I'm not a farmer, by the way, just to say that, but yeah. he has. But you have to commend someone for the work he's done. Um, and, and now we want to sack him. Right. We want to right. sack him because... For example, I don't know, social media is a, a dangerous thing sometimes if you want it. And but, like but then, Dennis, was he not sent to Europe as a, as a kind of get him out of the way because he was causing an awful lot of controversy over the water charges? So, do you he, know what I mean? He, he, was. he was almost he was. rewarded for being a hate figure by being sent off to Europe. Well, he, again, he, he, he was sent to Europe uh, for that. And I'm it's looking like now as if, I, if I'm defending <laughs> fine jail here, which I'm not, by the way. Yeah. But I'm getting stuck into something here. <laughs> but but it is it, it, it does appear that way, right? And it certainly does. And you know what? You're probably right there, Samantha. But having mm. said that, having said that, 
that agreement for the water charges was done under Fianna Fáil and the Green Party. Yeah. So okay. when, 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 and unfortunately Labour, who I wasn't an active member of the party at the time, when Labour came in, uh, along with Fine Gael in 2011, uh, they inherited that poison challenge. Okay. And it's like drawing up a mortgage and you've drawn down the money. Mm. Um, um, and, and at that stage, they've taken, they'd taken the loan from the Troika. Mm. They'd done an agreement with the Troika, Fianna Fáil and the Green Party who bought the country in, in, into uh, uh, poverty. We were only weeks away from no money in the public sector whatsoever. Mm. And, and, when, and when that happened and they signed the agreement and signed up the new mortgage, part of the deal was that there would be a water charge and that's why Phil Hogan was handed that and had to sign it in and suddenly then fine Gael Phil but for some reason through great manipulation and so on and so forth particularly on social media Labour got blamed for that right. um, but that seems to happen with the minority of parties and, and for some reason that's not really out there yeah. it's it, it kind of got lost in the ether but, but would, you, would you think because he 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 seems to have an ability to rub people up the wrong way. Is he the man for Brexit? Well, he certainly hasn't been doing a bad job out there in the Commission and the fact that he was being offered a, um, a further promotion that, that was online into the, into the world um, mm. uh, economic side of the house um, certainly showed that they, he has uh, they have a lot of confidence in him out there. Um, but I, but I go back to what I said. He said he should at least be sanctioned, um, and there should be some penalty for for what he done. Right. Uh, but but I sir, God, I wouldn't. Um, I just okay. think we'd be cutting off our nose. Um, yeah. um, and you know the old expression. And uh, I just feel Indeed. that uh, it needs to be taught out. Uh, and rather than people jumping on the bandwagon, but you're right. He shouldn't get away with it. And no one is above the law. Uh, and you can't have one person being penalised, and just because he's a commissioner in Europe. Uh, um, feel free to get away with it. There is, there's no one above the law. Indeed. Okay, and, and just to, to finish, Dennis, going back to, to your concern about the healthcare workers, which is where we started, um, what, what would your message be to, to the people to support the healthcare workers, as opposed to remind people to, to remember the protocols and the masks and, and distancing and hand sanitising? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and um, again, I would say that look at, to adhere to any guidelines that... Um, you know that the HSE are issuing, uh, and again, I'd remind Phil of that. Uh, indeed, indeed, but, if Phil uh, is listening. But, <laughs> yes, but uh, just but at the same time, uh, I mean, I went in shopping today, uh, and uh, went into the shop, and I saw a couple of people going around with no mask. You know, okay. Um, but these things happen. Um, but look, I would say that look, we have to adhere um, to best HSE guidelines. We have to do. Uh, what's best for, for the, all of society and to protect us. And we have a lot coming up now with kids going back to school. Um, I have a young lad, Teddy, who's at home, who could be well listening to the station at the minute. Um, and he's probably going to, I'm anxious about him going back. Okay. Uh, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's worrying times for all of us and for all parents out there and that. But look, we have to do what's best. We have to look out for each other. Um, and we have, we, you know, we're so, so lucky. Indeed. Because when the healthcare workers were asked to step up to the plate, not one person, not one person among them healthcare workers said, I'll do it provided I get an increase. Yeah, indeed. Not one. Not one person said that. Okay, we, we will leave it there, Dennis. Thanks for your time today Thanks. and uh, take care. And that is about my lot for this evening. My thanks to Anne Nolan for producing today's programme. Until next week, from myself, Samantha, enjoy the rest of your evening. 
We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.